0: Hi, I'm Nikki Schrera and you're listening to the Jazz Session, the Original Jazz Interview Podcast. This is episode 584 for the 26th of January 2022. Saxophonist Matt Carmichael has been making a big impression on audiences since he emerged on the Scottish jazz scene as a teenager with the National Youth Jazz Orchestra of Scotland. No longer a teen, his debut album, Where Will the River Flow, was released in March 2021 and caught the attention of the WDR big band and Bob Minzer, who has arranged the entire album for the band with Matt as a featured soloist. This concert will take place in March 2022 if you're lucky enough to be in Germany then. I love Matt's music for its emphasis on melody, the brilliant way it marries virtuosic Scottish traditional music with improvisation, and its ability to transport the listener to the greenest hills of Scotland. Here's my conversation with Matt. Hi, welcome to the jazz session.
1: Hi, Nikki. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's kind of you to ask.
0: It is such a pleasure and first things first, you are in Glasgow and you have released a stunning album which is called Where Will the River Flow. It came out in March of 2021. And it is so beautiful because it is both very Scottish and also celebrates improvisatory language and relationships with your fellow musicians. Yeah. So for folks who don't know you, you've just graduated from the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. Yep. When did you graduate?
1: Uh last month or so, uh kind of yeah, August, August. Yeah, August 2021. There was like a it was not like a proper graduation but an online graduation. But yeah, I was studying there for 4 years. Um it's a great it's quite a young course. It's only been around for about 10 years or so, but it's run by Tommy Smith who's a He's maybe Scotland's most well-known musician. I don't know if listeners have heard of him or not, but he's a saxophone player. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great, great cohort of musicians. there. really nice. It's a small, small, uh, small course, but a really nice community.
0: Well, and I'd imagine you're an amazing advocate for it, given this album and given everything that you are achieving, uh, right out the gate. Well, before you even finished, I would say.
1: Yeah yeah that's that's kind of you to say. I think there's this is quite a good time for young musicians in in Scotland there's there's I feel like there's a there's a few of us around my sort of age who are really starting to push push um and get new audiences and sort of reach reach out beyond Scotland which is which is nice because a lot of people probably haven't heard of Scotland or the jazz scene there but there's a lot of really really good Uh, young artists coming up and and older artists but especially I think the young seems quite exciting at the moment
0: yeah I completely agree with you and I mean my knowledge is pint size it's tiny um, definitely compared to yours and I think one of the great joys of this show is that by discovering fantastic music that just happens to come from a musician and saxophonist I don't even know if I mentioned you're a saxophonist (laughs) uh, from Scotland it gives us a window into what is happening there. And we kind of get to hear it, I guess, direct from the horse's mouth, not to compare you to a horse.
1: That's fine, you can compare to a horse if you want.
0: <laughs> so it is really fascinating and I'm truly intrigued because um, one of the the sort of younger Scottish musicians, I assume that you are referencing, is the pianist on this album and uh, a fellow countryman of yours, Fergus McCready.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Who also fascinates me, and uh, I had a similarly happy reaction to hearing his music as I did to hearing yours. And I think that prior to speaking to you now, I suppose Brian Kellogg is the only.
1: Oh yeah, he's he's amazing. Musician,
0: I know. Yeah, he's a saxophonist or pianist.
1: He's a pianist. 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 He's 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 incredible. He's yeah of the older generation. He's one of the, the top guys. Yeah, I love Brian's playing.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I actually am really now bookending it with him and you. Um, So you can drop as many names as you want uh, throughout this interview and you can educate all of us because we're we're happy and willing.
1: Happy to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, and did you grow up in Glasgow?
1: Uh, Yeah, just as I was born in Inverness, which is in the north of Scotland, then I moved when I was maybe four or so with my parents and kind of just outside of Glasgow, like a, a suburb of Glasgow with my family, nothing, not nowhere particularly exciting or inspiring, but it was a nice, nice wee place. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've actually only just moved to, Gla- I mean, it was, it's like a 15 minute train journey where I used to live, but I've only just moved into the center. I stayed in, at home throughout all of college. So I just moved out uh, into a flat, which is, which is nice to yeah break free and, move, move away from parents. Well, I, I love my parents, but I just, I just, it's nice to have a new start.
0: No, no, well, I actually brought you on here to talk about your parents. <laughs> Tell me, you can be honest, this is a safe space. No, well, it's nice to meet somebody else who lived at home during university, because I did too. So I, I do have a sense of perhaps what you're feeling now that you're like, cool, the college is done, the stint at home is done, which is, it's always such a luxury, um, I yeah. love you to be able to stay at home, and I'm sure your your parents and if you have any siblings were thrilled to have you around four years longer. But Matt, I'd imagine, given how young the program is, the jazz program is at the conservatoire, um, that a lot of Scottish jazz musicians must have been moving, certainly to the UK to study further at university or even Europe.
1: Yeah, that's right. Before, uh, yeah, before the jazz course here started everyone moved to London or they moved to New York or they moved to or went to Berkeley a lot of people seem to go to Berkeley um. so no one no one really stayed in Scotland so I think that's why now it's a bit of an exciting time because the, the musicians who are Scottish and and from other countries but they're staying in Glasgow and Scotland so there's more of a scene that's cultivating here rather than people having to move to London or america but there's, there's a lot of i'm trying to think there's lots of lots of great scottish scottish musicians um i think who's who's in america there's a great saxophone player called Ru patterson i think he's in new york at the moment and helena Kay, who's a fantastic tenor saxophone player she was she studied in london and then she moved to new york i'm not sure if she's in new york at the moment uh, but yeah there's like there's for quite a long time people would just move to london or uh america but now now more people are staying which is which is good for the scene and people coming up and yeah yeah, the whole country
0: and also i'd imagine good for jazz because i think that so many nationalities put their stamp on jazz in a very broad way. And I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but I mean, this is how I see the state of things, but you know, you have that classic Scandinavian jazz sound, oh. or you have the classic, like sort of, I guess, hard bop, I guess, New York sound. Yeah. Um, and I think certainly in terms of identity, what I've heard from you and Fergus, and even the one album I own of Brian's, which actually I was hit to Brian from Sheila Jordan which kind of tells you how small jazz makes the world where... uh, Yeah, she mentioned him once, and I went, and it's a beautiful album. It's him on piano, and I forget who the saxophonist is. I'll link to it in the show notes. And every track, I don't know if you know the album, is the name of a sort of Hollywood movie star of yours. So it's like Ava Gardner, Greta Garbo, and they're these do you know it
1: i don't know that one actually and
0: they're these short little vignettes piano and saxophone like quite sort of stylistic um but beautiful tiny little snapshots so it's it's a very cool concept but anyway i digress um i would imagine it'll be lovely to hear what happens to quote unquote scottish jazz
1: yeah with that
0: scene feeding it
1: yeah no i think i think it's a strong strong link with the folk not everyone's doing the folk thing at the moment like yeah people the scottish jazz people may think oh it's definitely the folk thing not everyone's doing it but i think the way people everyone's sort of doing the folk thing differently. i think me you've heard my and fergus's music i think our music's actually quite similar-ish more similar than anyone else just because we're i think we're quite similar musicians we've grown up with the same listening to the same people like we're very much yeah just played with each other so much so our music's kind of inspired by each other but there's lots of other great people Norm, there's a guy called Norman Wilmore who played, who's from like Shetland which is like one of the most remote places up north and his music's I guess it's more freer and also influenced a bit by Norwegian music because like the in Shetland the folk music because Shetland's like way up north it's kind of just as close to like Norway's the closest country, so there's influences from Norway. I think in the in the folk music up there. So there's a link with there, and also I guess the sort of rural environment influences their folk music, which kind of, kind of makes it more freer. I don't know, just because it's a it's a more barren. Not many people live there. <laughs>
0: How would you describe your music? Because I, I did read somewhere that someone res- described it. I don't know if it was a press release or a review. It's obviously very Scottish folk music in- influenced, but I think somebody said there was some Scandinavian influence. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Yeah, well, I guess kind of, or my listening history, starting into jazz, it was it started with all the American music like Ben Webster, Dexter Gordon, Charlie Parker so all that is underneath and then sort of just I did listen to a lot of the Scandinavian stuff like Keith Jarrett's Scandinavian Quartet and Jan Garbrick so that's underneath and then the folk music and I love singer-songwriters as well so it's kind of I think it's a kind of a natural fusion of all my influences the folk Scottish folk thing which I think is kind of evident just the way I play I guess some some of my improvisations maybe the uh, what do you call it embellishments and stuff. They're kind of this Scottish folk stuff in there, and the melodies. I guess I always kind of wrote melodic material when I started writing, and I guess it may be linked to just being around folk music in Scotland and that sort of upbringing. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, kind of a mix. If if I was to describe the influences, definitely like I, pl- I play standard jazz, traditional jazz out with out with my music. So that's kind of always there, I guess the Scandin- the sound of ECM, which I guess is a- linked with Scandinavia a lot, that's there uh, and folk music and sort of singer songwriter. So it's kind of a amalgamation of all that, I think.
0: Yeah, well, it's woven together very well. Did it require any thought or is it, has it just been a sort of natural, you've gone through absorbing all these musics and players that you've mentioned and you've gone through four rigorous years at uni. Did you just come out fully formed, I guess, is what I'm asking. <laughs> uh, n-
1: no, no, I don't think so. I think I think I waited for the right time to record my first album though, because I, I guess I've been writing my own music and playing with that lineup since I was 16 or so. So um, you would probably, if you heard me playing at 16, you would hear the link, but it wouldn't be, this fully this formed version of what the album is. So, if I'd recorded an album when I was 18 or something, I don't think it would be the right time. I wouldn't have been ready. So, I think I recorded it when I was twenty, twenty-one. Uh, yeah, yeah, because we, we were gigging sort of every year. I was booking Weed tours and writing new music every time. Uh, and I think it was a year and a half or so before the album was released, I kind of like realized, oh, this is kind of a, thing now, like all the music sort of, there's different, different styles of music within, but it's all kind of the one thing is there's not all the influences of kind of melded naturally, and I was ready to do an album, and I just, yeah, I kind of applied for different funding and stuff, and eventually got some funding and recorded it in literally a week before lockdown happened. Uh, so it was a bit of a stressful, stressful time. Uh, but It was nice to have had it done before lockdown and then had lockdown to kind of work on the release and everything.
0: Yeah, and I suppose since 2021 is still a bit sluggish to kind of return to a sense of normalcy, it's a good time for people to be absorbing your music because they're still semi-homebound and sitting in one place. And this music does really beg to be listened to in that way with that reverence because it's such a great album. I'll try not to gush. But Matt, it definitely does sound like it's fully formed. And it's really interesting watching any YouTube live videos of you playing because you spoke about your embellishments that might be slightly folky and even just looking at your fingers on the, the the finger pads of the saxophone you have a dexterity that i would kind of liken to a fiddler playing traditional music because which is the song that is incredibly fast that's the spay
1: yeah that's right yeah that's right the spay
0: it's like a, i guess the equivalent of a a real or what would you call it yeah
1: that's yeah a real yeah
0: i speak scottish fluently no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> Well, I won't I don't though because there are a couple names I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and pronounce the one title. i'd I'd rather spell it to you and have you say it back to me. But it right. is kind of amazing how innate this take on a Scottish folk music melded into jazz is to you. Have you had a good response to it?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah, I guess I'd never released music before, so it was kind of exciting to see how people resonated with it and you what you're always not sure or is you don't know whether you have confidence in it or i i had i did have an underlying confidence i think um but yeah it was nice to kind of a bit of especially during lockdown when you're not playing to anyone or anything and that you feel it's sometimes hard to feel as a musician the benefit you're giving to people if you just can't play or anything so it was nice it was really nice actually during lockdown to hear people's responses and to know people Connected, it seemed to connect with people. I think people, yeah, I think maybe the melodic and just melodicness, and maybe the way it's, it's kind of, it's not. It's I personally my music try to make it kind of accessible, um, and I think it like reached lots of people who maybe didn't necessarily like jazz, or but they find a way into the music, which was nice.
0: jumping on here quickly to tell you how you can best support the jazz session if that's something that piques your interest this podcast is made possible thanks to the support and enthusiasm of listeners who enjoy these interviews so much that they decide to become patreon members over at the jazz sessions patreon page If you head to thejazzsession.com join, you'll be redirected to Patreon where you can find out about the different levels of membership and what they give you, different perks, mini episodes, monthly bonus episodes. So head to thejazzsession.com join to find out more about becoming a Patreon member today. If you don't want to become a member over at Patreon, then please do feel free to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That helps with the visibility of the show. It helps other folks who enjoy jazz and interviews with jazz musicians find the show. And I really appreciate the vote of confidence. You can also tweet Facebook and Instagram about the show or about any episodes that fill you with delight. Now, back to the interview. Can you tell me about the musicians on the album, some I'm sure many of whom you must have studied with. So there's a longevity there in a relationship. I mean, what do you love about playing with Fergus, for example?
1: Uh, Yeah. uh, Fergus, I first heard when I was just sort of not really, I couldn't really play jazz. I was kind of just learning saxophone and he was on like there's this competition, BBC Young Scottish Jazz Musician of the Year or something, and he did that. When I was I was like thirteen and he was fifteen and then when I heard him on the radio I just heard I think it was his his sense of melody and connection with the blues and and what else it just he was just like a really emotional player I sort of connected with that because I guess that's kind of important to me I don't know the feeling of the blues and emotion and stuff and when and then we eventually did a gig together and he came up to me after he was someone I looked up to because he was a few years old and he was like oh, he was seemed to enjoy my playing and wanted to play again and then yeah ever since we've kind of I guess since like 16 15 16 or so we've, we've played together maybe more than end of yeah both of us would probably played together with each other more than we played with anyone else so there's kind of a strong connection that's been built up for years and years. So yeah, it's always so easy to play with Fergus because we both think about music in similar ways and uh, it just makes playing with him so much easier, and as as with anyone who you've played with for, for years, yeah.
0: And then you want to talk about the bassist, Ali Watson?
1: Oh yeah, uh, we met when we were about similar sort of age, 14 or so, like a youth, we played in the same council, big band, um, and Ali wasn't really in, he was a classical music, musician to start with, just playing jazz and then he eventually, he's really, really talented and he eventually got into jazz and then he ended up studying at the Guildhall School in London and he just, he's the same age as me and he just graduated. He's hes fantastic, he's got amazing musical years and rhythm and just a really innate musical musical guy and easy to get along, along with. And same, exact same with Tom. Uh, I was like extremely talented, met him when I was about 14 or so. And it's kind of, yeah, these, these three players have been the people I've been playing with since I was, we were both, we were all figuring out how to play jazz. So it's, it's been quite a lot of years building up of chemistry.
0: Yeah, that's really special to have to have bandmates with whom you've basically grown up with because it doesn't often happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think we were lucky we all found each other at the right time and we were all really really focused and passionate and passionate about jazz and i think it definitely definitely helps because you could i could form a band today with my favorite musicians in the world i don't know brad meldow and brian blade or something and it'd be amazing but there wouldn't be that same connection as the people i've been playing with since since i was a teenager So, yeah,
0: I think a lot of musicians who have the opportunity to sort of record with what what we would call a a superstar band. I think it's great to hear what the outcome can be when you're actually just playing with people who are great musicians, but also have shared reference points. It's a. Yeah. Both work and both can be fantastic.
2: Yeah. But
0: but as you say, it's so confirming, I think, for people to hear that and then to hear the effectiveness of this music and to say, okay, well, actually, if I have people that I'm lucky enough to have been with in school and discovering this music at the same time as that's not something to kind of, I guess, overlook or dismiss. Yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah but
0: i i will also say and i i don't mean this in a patronizing way you're you're 22 years old um if i were in my 20s i wouldn't comment on it but i've got at least a decade on you so i will there's an immense maturity in this music in terms of the balance between improvising and stretching out and honoring the structure of the song because I do think of most of these tracks as songs and again I think that's perhaps your love for singer-songwriters and melody and none of your bandmates and you, you never seem to sort of go too far and upend the balance between the fact that all this creative music is happening but in but within very clear parameters where does that reverence that you and your bandmates too, I imagine, have for melody come from?
1: That's, that's a good question. It's something I I think about a lot. I think maybe it's also reference because I'm I'm still young, so I can remember the time that I didn't understand jazz or I couldn't get into jazz or something. So I think the the connection was not with keeping melody strong and structure and stuff is also, is a way to kind of, cause I can, uh, to, uh, let the listeners in, in some sort of way and, and connect with the music. And then maybe so sort the, of when the improvisation comes, they're already drawn in. Cause I feel like sometimes some of my favorite, this, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Cause I absolutely love music. That's really, really improvising and creative and out there. But I, I know that maybe like four years ago, I would have no idea, I wouldn't be able to connect with it at all. And I know, I just guess, guess family coming to gigs and friends and you you hear lots of people have no idea how to get into jazz or they don't understand it. So I'm kind of, I'm not trying to dumb any, anything down, but I'm conscious, I want to create a warm environment for listeners to be welcomed in rather than put people off or, I guess, yeah, I guess the strong melody is just trying to give people like a reference point or something they can latch onto, and then you can take them further with the improvisation if it's connected. Um, but without strong melody, and if, yeah, sometimes feel if, if, if like the melody or the head is absolutely crazy, it can be sometimes hard for people to uh, determine the difference between improvisation and the melody. Um, so yeah, I'm not not sure if I'm I'm just going on a ra- on a ramble, but um, uh, yeah, that's it's something I've definitely I really really thought of, I've thought about a lot, and I record every single gig I do and listen back on every play I have on voice memos, and I guess just years of reflection and things like that is um brought these sort of realizations for my for my own music. It, don't, it won't work for everyone's music, but but that's that's part of my vision for the way I want my music to be played.
0: Oh, Matt, I'm so glad you said that. That That is that is the answer. And when I, <laughs> when I put out an excerpt of this conversation on YouTube, that will be the excerpt. Because it's um a truer words when they're spoken. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And in fact, I'll admit that I appreciate a lot of jazz, which is perhaps more... Out there or atonal or whatever you want to call it or avant-garde but I have to work to stay in it and to hang on and if it's not done well it's game over for me and so I couldn't agree with you more about the concept of accessibility and you reel them in with a good melody and they'll stay for the other stuff that is perhaps more challenging or less familiar for them or doesn't make them feel as comfortable and then you bring them back so that you don't leave them out hanging by the seat of their pants, basically. Did you grow up, I mean, this might be a stupid question or a a moot point, but did you grow up listening to a lot of traditional Scottish music? I don't want to assume that by mere virtue of growing up in Scotland, you do.
1: No, that's a a good question. No, not not really, actually. I mean, I guess subconsciously it's all around us like Kaylees is like a, Kayleigh's is sort of a traditional Scottish dance and there's Scottish music to that and it's on the TV all the time, on the TV at special occasions and um, it's, it's roundabout but no, like I kind of, I can't remember what I listened to before I got into jazz, just whatever was on the radio or pop music or whatever was on the house and then I got really obsessed with jazz when I was about 11 or 12 and then Yeah, maybe up until when I was, until 17 or so, I solely sort of listened to jazz. And then I kind of, I actually started writing my own music and lots of people were saying, oh, that sounds like Scottish folk music, or it sounds like folk music. And I was like, oh, I don't really, never really paid attention to it much. I think it was just kind of a natural thing that came out. And then and then kind of, I got really, really into it and listening to fiddle players and whistle players and bagpipes and trying to imitate the stuff on the saxophone. But I think it was it was kind of this natural thing, this folk, whatever, however you want to call it, folk music or folk, folky sort of style. And then I kind of delved in deeper when I got older and I listen to loads now and I listen, I've listened to loads the past few years. But beforehand, I think it was kind of a natural thing that maybe just seeped in just from being, a re- being in Scotland. But it's, it wasn't a conscious thing. I was like just listening to jazz, really, for most of my teens. Uh, I don't listen to as much. I, I love jazz, but I don't listen to as much obsessively jazz as I did then. But um yeah, I don't know if that answers It definitely
0: your does. Yeah, I think a lot of jazz musicians would probably do the uh, say the same in terms of consumption of jazz, especially if they ever studied it at university. Because I think in some ways that maybe maxes one out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's when I got to university. I think actually I, I listened to much less jazz and got into more song and songwriting like stuff and. And folk music, just because, I when when you're in school working things out for yourself, it's exciting. You like discover new music, but then when everyone's, I not get me wrong, jazz college is great, but when everyone's saying check out this album, check out this album, it's not as I don't know, it doesn't when everyone's checking out jazz, it doesn't feel as interesting or kind of. I didn't listen to much. I played a lot of jazz, but I didn't listen to that much in college, and then kind of maybe because I'm out of college now, I started listening to more jazz again.
0: Yeah, it goes in waves. Uh, which singer songwriters do you hold in high regard?
1: I uh, really like people like Nick Drake, Joni, Mitchell. Uh there's one in Scotland, someone called Rachel Sermani who's got an amazing amazing voice. I'm trying to think I really like I've been listening to Bon Iver and Phoebe Bridges more modern people recently. Um I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, lots lots of anyone just with a guitar and singing. I don't know, they always just connects with me, just I love the sound of guitar and vocals.
0: YouTube live videos of you playing the rep on this album and you have a a fiddler with you but there's no fiddle on the album
1: yeah that's a recent addition to the band uh so the album was recorded in about 2019 and then uh yeah i think though that live session was maybe six months later but i decided to get a fiddle player this guy he's re- he's actually studied jazz bass but he's one of scotland's best. Fiddle players as well, so he's kind of he can go along with us, which maybe not exhibited on that on those tracks, but he can go along with us on the improvisation. He knows what's going on because he's he's a great jazz bass player, and um, so it's really what's his name? Charlie Stewart. So that's a really that's quite rare, I think, to find someone like that, and he kind of perfectly fits the band. So he's we've been playing with him a bit now, and he's he'll be on the next. We're recording another album in october and he'll be on
0: that okay fantastic yeah i loved the addition i mean i didn't feel necessarily that it was a miss from the 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 record um but it was just another another nuance another color and uh so i wondered about that decision
1: yeah no i love i love i love the fiddle i've been listening to so much fiddle and then i think that inevitably had to get a fiddle player (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it
0: works. It works really well. I mean, for your music, but also the, just within the the context of the musicians that you have gathered. So I should mention you're a tenor saxophonist, primarily or only.
1: Uh, I mean, I started on alto, and I play, I play, I play, still play a bit of alto and stuff. But ten, yeah, tenor is my main voice, as they say. Or, yeah.
0: Who are some of the other tenor players um, around today that you you enjoy or?
1: Modern tenor players. Yeah, I, I really, I got really into Seamus Blake when I was in as a teenager. I think that's typical. Every modern saxophone player is into like Mark Turner or Seamus Blake and Ben Wendell and all those. So I listened, listened, listened to those. Kind of locally, it was important hearing people live. There was this guy called Conrad Wisniewski, who's a really soulful saxophone player. He was he's in Scotland, so hearing him live was a big impact. And also Tommy Smith. Who's he's he's an amazing amazing saxophone player, and he taught me when I was in college. So hearing there's there's quite a few there's a few really 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 good saxophone players in Scotland. So it's great to hear them growing up. Um, who else? I mean, I check I check out modern people, Melissa Aldana, Chris Potter, all these all these people. I've I've checked out, but I don't really listen to as much saxophone now. Maybe just older guys, or because I don't want to because I've been through faces of, of sound a little bit like Seamus Blake or sounds a little bit like Chris Potter or whatever, but um, I kind of don't really listen to as much saxophone nowadays, um, but I absolutely, absolutely love the sound.
0: I must actually, I must correct myself because earlier I said I only knew of Brian Kellogg in terms of Scottish jazz musicians and in fact that's a blazing lie because one of my good friends and fellow classmates at graduate school was not just a Scotsman but also a Scottish tenor player Ben Bryden so I yeah I've
1: not I've not met him but I know he was one of the guys who went over to America Ah. so
0: I stand corrected accolades um, earned I won't say come your way because that just sounds like they were randomly bestowed upon you but you won a whole bunch of awards London Jazz uh, News published a piece about you swept all of these kind of university jazz awards as you were graduating now and you were also a finalist um, in the BBC Young Jazz Musician competition in 2020 what do accolades mean to you at this stage of the game
1: they're nice, nice to get, but they don't really mean a whole lot. They really, I think, it's nice if my album ever gets any recognition. That'll be really nice to help push the music, music out. But like winning, winning, winning awards in myself, I'm not really, not really. I don't think any musicians really that fussed about awards. But they're they're really, really nice to get, and what they really help is they help with exposure and they help promoters have an eye on you and uh gig because it kind of helps move your career forward which is which is really really helpful so they are they are they are really really helpful and i'm very grateful for any that i get but um so it's nice it's nice to nice to know people recognize what you do but i'm not really award I don't do it for the awards really
0: and that is the correct answer you can you can <laughs> You can tell your parents they raised you right. <laughs> um, well, the other the other big accolade to come your way is that the WDR Big Band, and I want to ask you how this came about, is going to be performing the entire album, Where Will the River Flow, uh, orchestrated by Bob Mincer, the great Bob Mincer, and you're going to be a featured soloist with the WDR Big Band. I don't know when this is happening with um, COVID delays and things, but... Tell us how it came about.
1: Yeah, that that was, that was, yeah, a complete shock. It's kind of one of these things you don't really, or when you're young, you don't really expect any any of these things to happen. So it's kind of, yeah, I just got an email a few weeks after the album came out from the guys who, who was saying, oh, this guy said, oh, I, I stumbled across your album online because I liked the artwork. Um, and then, and then I listened to the music and I, I like the music too. It's like, I've sent the music to Bob Mincer and he's, he wants to, and um, we're going to arrange it and do it with the WDR big band. And it's like, wow, that was not really an email you expect, expect to get. Um, so yeah. Who that, was
0: the guy who emailed you?
1: It was the manager of the WDR big band. Okay. he was Arnd Richter. So yeah, he basically he just found it on a streaming site, and I think was drawn by the artwork, which my mum did actually. So I'm very grateful to my mum. And then he seemed to he seemed to like the music too, and they seemed to be up for doing it. So yeah, yeah, that's happening in March next year. I think it's going to be some some of some of the Well Well the River flow and some new new material. I think they'll, yeah, there'll be a gig and they'll record it and stuff. So that's that's amazing. It's so, so exciting, nice to have come out.
0: That might end up being your next album before the album that you're recording in October is actually.
1: Yeah, I think it might be, I think it'll be the one after, but uh, but yeah, that was yeah, just something completely out of the blue that one of these things you just never expect and it just randomly turns up. So yeah, so that's I'm quite, exi- quite excited for that.
0: I love that. I mean, there's so much wrong with streaming services. But at the same time, that sort of discovery makes you think, Spotify is awful, but I'll leave my album (laughs) up there because...
1: Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have found it if I didn't have, if it wasn't on Spotify. Or maybe if the artwork was different, you might have never have clicked on it. So it was a lucky coincidence.
0: So Joanne Carmichael is your mum? Yeah. Okay, is she an artist?
1: she kind of she's done lots of different art, art stuff before she kind of I just I, yeah she's she's not like an out and outing artist but she she's she's fantastic and I, I, I was so as we spent a lot of time together thinking about the artwork um and I was really really happy with how how it, how it turned out yeah
0: what did she say when you said mum, I was found by the manager of the WDR big band because of your artwork?
1: yeah no she was she was she was delighted so yeah it was really 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 nice nice moment
0: did she say i just need to adjust my invoice matt how much (laughs) did i charge you again let me just
1: triple the price
0: (laughs) (laughs) um i think i love that i just yeah those sort of stories i live for they're very movie-esque
2: yeah
0: (laughs) the sort of randomness but the wonderfulness of it and you know speaking completely unbiasedly i would adore to hear this album orchestrated for big band and by bob mincer because i don't think i've ever heard the wdr big band play sort of scottish folk meets jazz music
1: no so i guess maybe for them it's something 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 new but yeah just being a, a especially living in scotland or something you don't really expect these things to to happen so yeah i'm really grateful that they They had the confidence to just, I mean, they've not heard me play live. I could could be terrible when I turn up, but it's nice that they have the confidence from the album and blabby.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, you know, that's their issue, not yours. If you are terrible, you know, (laughs) you're there, you're playing the gig. No, but you won't be. I mean, do you think, Matt, you'd ever leave Glasgow? Move, I should say, from Glasgow?
1: Maybe. maybe. I've been a few, I went to Norway, Oslo and Erasmus just before lockdown. And I did move to, I've moved to London for college for like three weeks. And then I was like, nah, I want to come back to Scotland. (laughs) But potentially at the moment I'd like to stay in Glasgow, but be really proactive and try and get more opportunities outside of Glasgow, but base myself here and see how that goes. But I don't, I've no, no idea. I've not got any, I mean, lots of jazz musicians, I want to go to New York or anything. I don't really have that ambition. I'd be loved, it'd be amazing to visit, but I, yeah, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I'm open to moving, but at the moment, I'm, I've am i just literally moved out of my parents' house, so this is a, an adventure in itself.
0: Well, I suppose that's also the, the sort of ideal situation, isn't it, to be able to be based where you want to be based, but yet be completely mobile and able to travel should somebody from another a foreign land call and of course i think being in this in scotland or i'd say the same of london you're really so central that it it's a bit of a non-issue i would imagine
1: yeah well, i guess i guess the, the travel situation all musicians is a bit uh, at the moment who knows harry but um yeah yeah i think i think there's there's airports in scotland and linked links to other places so i think it's it's it's, it's possible if, if yeah
0: yeah. Well, I do love the idea of you staying in Glasgow in the sense that, as you said, that there's a a sort of a, a newly blossoming scene there. And so to be a part of that and also to be such a great advocate for it, um, they, anybody in that scene, whether it's a young jazz musician, going to the conservatoire or who's in the programme at the moment, I'm sure that they would just be so glad to to have somebody you around like you around in their midst.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really nice community. There's no there's no competitive nature. And everyone like whenever everyone's always excited when everyone anyone does anything good and outside of Scotland or whatever. And it's and it's good for everyone else. Like if someone goes and does some big festival in America or something. They've, then people kind of hear of the Scottish Jazz and they might go and check out other bands. So it's good It's good for everyone, everyone's successes. And yeah, so just to name a few few people who like, there's an amazing uh, trombonist and producer called Liam Shortle, who plays in this, he's got this band called Corto Alto, which are they're a really fast rising band. They, he was doing, he did a new, this new, wrote a new track and video every three weeks for like a year and a half and built up this, quite a big fan base online. Uh, There's fantastic rising uh, vocalist and trombonist called Anushka Nangai. She's kind of just getting started. Um, Fergus McCready, obviously. Mark Hendry is, uh, sorry, I'm listing loads of people, but Mark, Mark Hendry's an amazing, really amazing composer. He composed something for, it was kind of like an orchestra of some of the young jazz musicians and strings. He's going to study film film scoring at the moment, but he's an amazing composer to watch out for. Uh, there's a band, Graham Costello Strata. They're signed to a label called Gearbox, and they're he's yeah. It's kind of there's a lot of really good strong artistry. Like it's not really a everyone's everyone sounds really original. I think they're not not people aren't doing the same sort of thing. And if they're doing the jazz folk thing, it's sort of in a different way. Um, so I think that's what's that's what's cool about it. There's a lot of varied original sending music.
0: I'll make a note to link to every artist that Matt just mentioned in the show notes so that folks can get all um sort of clued up on their on their Scottish jazz. Well I, I Matt, I'm just so excited for you. I think that the performance with the WDR big band is just gonna be another notch in your belt and another opportunity for more people to hear you and to hear your music and hopefully they'll then come back to the album and buy it off band camp which is the best place to get it in my humble opinion yeah. <laughs> and uh, i just look forward to hearing you go from strength to strength
1: Oh well, thanks very much and yes yeah, it's really kind of you to yeah i've not met Sebast- seb seb scotney but i know i know who he is that was kind of him too Pass, pass my name on and thanks for yeah it's exciting to saw some of the guests you've got coming up
0: uh, thanks Matt for that and thank you so much for coming on the show today it's just been a treat to hopefully introduce more people and more listeners to your music
1: yeah no, no I'm, I'm grateful and that's, thanks thanks very much for, for having me
0: A huge thank you to this week's guest matt carmichael you can find his album where will the river flow on Bandcamp, and i'll make a note of that in the show notes for this week's episode along with all the tracks that were played please do rate and review the show if you wish it takes two seconds to color in a bunch of stars and it helps other people find the show which would be wonderful the more listeners the merrier Thank you to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. Find out more about them at respectsextet.com. A huge thank you to the Patreon members who make this show possible and to all the listeners who tune in week after week. You can find me on Twitter at Jazz and on Facebook and Instagram at The Jazz Session. There is also a YouTube page where you can watch, yes, actually see video excerpts from my interviews with all of the season's guests. Thank you for tuning in this week and I look forward to seeing you next week for another conversation with a jazz musician about their music, how they create and why they create. I'm Nikki Schreer, and you've been listening to The Jazz Session.